We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Oh, let's go. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast on a Thursday of Bedlam Week. Thursday around here means the huddle reloaded, so we'll have Toby and Ted breaking down the matchup coming up here in just a bit and taking a quick look around all of college football. We've already had one COVID cancellation in the Big 12, unfortunately. No Texas-Kansas game this weekend, but we did get confirmation that the Big 12 championship game will be on December 19th. And and that's still very much in play for the Sooners. A fascinating note about Saturday night, by the time this game kicks off, if Iowa State beats Kansas State, the Sooners will control its own destiny to get to the Big 12 championship game. And again, that simply means if OU beats OSU, West Virginia, and Baylor, regardless of anything else that happens in this league, the Sooners will be playing in Dallas on December 19th. I guess technically it's Arlington, but fun night. It's Bedlam, right? Game day is going to be there. Obviously, it's a much different look. It's a much different feel because there's no fans, and it kind of changes things a little bit, at least around the game day atmosphere and, and, and changes that. But still, the center of the college football world, the most watched college football pregame show, will be right here in Norman for the first time since 2012. Now, Coming up here in just a bit, we're going to talk to Jeremiah Hall. Uh, here's a guy that seems like he's been in school for like 20 years, but this is his first Bedlam experience with game day. So we'll talk to Jeremiah about that. Um, and I wanted to sprinkle in a little bit of what Mike Gundy had to say about his injury situation in Stillwater and his thoughts on on Spencer Rattler and what he's seen so far. Very rarely do we hear from an opposing coach as part of our Sooner Sports podcast, but I thought Mike Gundy had some interesting things to say about Spencer Rattler. I 
Not as far as he's a one-man show, uh, which he used last year for Jalen Hurts, but interesting nonetheless. So let's start, though, by talking about the defensive side of the football. And yesterday, Alex Grinch sat down with the media, and the first question asked of Coach Grinch was about his breakout outside backer slash rush end, Nick Benito, and how not only has he been playing well, but he fits the bill of everything they want in that position. Yeah, the, you know, I, I say that because, you know, we, we call it the rush linebacker position because the number one, you know, quality that you, that you have to possess is the ability to rush the passer. And, and so that, 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 that's, you got to check that box, you know, or we're going to find someone else to, to uh, assume that role for us. But, but there also is, we want, we want it to be in a three, four structure, you know, availability to have that guy as, as a cover guy too, at times and, and le- lesser of a percentage of time. Um, or we call him the cover linebacker, but um, just the ability to do both those things. I think you know the thing with Nick, just from a maturity standpoint, has matured a lot, um, and 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 what has come, uh, you know, uh, I guess with that, it maybe as a byproduct is his production on the field has gone up, and that was one of the things coming off of last season that we said, you know, we had good football, um, but we we thought we need to have more more production from that that position in in particular, and it, it's. Uh, you know, like anything, you're only as good as your last game and everything else. Uh, you don't get credit for the production you've had up to this point. But uh, I think you've seen, I think, you're just a, a more mature football player, a confident football player. Um, and and the, the ability to, you know, win a one-on-one and also, you know, be a guy in, in this day and, co- day and age of college football, the ability to, uh, again, quote-unquote, spy a quarterback and, and do some of those things, not just, you know, covering a receiver. Sometimes you're, you're you know, covering a quarterback. Um, and so that that's just uh, – uh, you know, has the ability to, to kind of do all those things for us. So in advance of Saturday night's Bedlam game, I sat down and chatted with Nick Benito on his excitement for not just Saturday, but for what's been, I think it's fair to say, a breakout season for Benito. All right, guys, we're here with Nick Benito having a sensational season for the Oklahoma Sooner defense. Nick, for you personally, what was the bye week like? What, what did you focus on? Um, just getting better out of my craft, you know, working on the little things that, you know, I haven't been able to work on because, you know, we've been trying to prepare for other opponents. So just honing down on that and then just getting good, uh, good, good, good on good work with uh, the offense the whole week. So it was just really a, a lot of competition in the, during the bye week. And I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation after the Kansas game. Uh, you were talking about that film preparation. Is that an area for you personally that has continued to improve with the emergence of Jamar Kane in that room? Not, not to say that it was ever an issue, but have you found a different level of your study when it comes to breaking down game tape? Oh, yeah. You know, when you, when you look at the film, you know, and, and have a, a good eye for it, you know, it really helps your game. You know, you see things before it even happens on the field. You know, you can call out a lot of stuff, like a lot of tendencies that, you know, let's say for me, a tackle likes to do. So, you know, film is just huge, you know, especially when you're going against, you know, a lot of good opponent, opponents in this conference. So, you know, just, you know, learning the different tendencies, you know, learning what the offense likes to do, it really helps and it goes a long way when um, college football. So, so from, from the perspective of the goal being to get takeaways and to see that happening, what does that do to that entire defense whenever you're, you're preached from Alex Grinch to, to Coach Kane to, to Tibbs to everyone, takeaway, takeaway, takeaway. When those start happening, Nick, what does that do for the confidence of this defense? I mean, it doesn't lie. You know, last couple of weeks it's been rolling for us, and you know we actually have like a little takeaway board, so you get to see who who's getting all the takeaways and stuff. And then the next guy wants to be like, "Damn, I want to be on that board." So, <laughs> you know, everybody's just trying to you know go out there and just make plays, make t- turnovers, so you know they can get their their name on the board as well. So uh, your get off has been incredible this year. Film work, natural ability. What's kind of been the key to being able to time the snap up so well? 
Uh, I, I feel like I always have had a pretty good get off, but you know, obviously, when you when you look at the film and you get a a good uh, look at the cadence for the offense, you know, that goes along with it as well. So I feel like it's just a little bit of both, you know, having that natural get off and then just you know having a a, a good knack for the for the cadence as well. So. A couple of quick ones, and we'll get you out of here. First of all, uh, Oklahoma State coming up this weekend in a very dynamic offense potentially and a mobile quarterback. So. I mean, there's not a week when you don't play a mobile quarterback, it seems like, in the Big 12. How big of a challenge is that for you? Uh, it's a big challenge, you know. Obviously, the quarterback, he, he can do it on, um, through the air and, and on the ground. So, you know, we had to be very conscious of that. Um, they have two uh, really good backs, and, you know, they have a lot of uh, good players at receiver. So, you know, we have a, a huge challenge in front of us, but, you know, we're going to prepare, and we're just going to, you know, do our best out there on Saturday. So. Yeah, if you just focus on Chuba Hubbard, don't forget about L.D. Brown, right? He's yeah, a really impressive really good back. player. Uh, and then I'll let you go on this. It's a rivalry game. Game day is here. Uh, is, is it hard to have that? It's just another game mentality as you're focusing towards your goal? Um, really, I think it, even if it wasn't game day, I think it would have still been a, a pretty big game just because it's bedlam. You know, we all know the history behind that. So, you know, it, we didn't really need game day for us to wake up this week and be like, all right, it's time to go. I love it. All right. Hey, good luck this weekend, Nick. We appreciate your time. Thank you. All right, man. Man, this OU defense has been fantastic over the last handful of games. Uh, here's a couple of notes. First of all, through the first three games, they averaged two sacks per game. That's what, three, so quick math, six sacks. Over their last four games, 20 sacks. They lead the Big 12 and rank seventh nationally amongst teams that have played at least two games with their 3.7 sacks per game on the year. They are seventh in the country in yards on sacks. And Nick Benito, whom you just heard from, is tied for the Big 12 lead with five and a half sacks all over the last four games. Sooner defense will be challenged by Oklahoma State. Their standout running game, led by Chuba Hubbard and L.D. Brown, has been sidetracked somewhat because uh, of a turnover issue and injuries. That turnover issue stems from Spencer Sanders and some fumbles, a handful of interceptions. Mike Gundy, this was good, talked about the maturation of his young quarterback and the challenge of going up against the Sooner defense. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's, not, a ma- it's not any different than any other game. Uh, you know, if, if Spencer gets um, to a point where he's too involved emotionally or loses composure, then you put the other guy in and let him play a little while until he calms down. Uh, I, I don't see that with him at this point. He's been really consistent this year uh, and, and developed and, and doing much better. Uh, so, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you, you hope that you have a lot of good plays, but you're going to have some tough plays when you're competing against good football teams. And he's uh, done a really good job this year in staying composed, and I wouldn't expect anything else from him. I feel really good about where Spencer is um, and with his composure. Uh, he's, he's, been, uh, he's turned to 360 from where he was at this time last year. The positive about Spencer is he's ultra competitive. You guys watch him play. Uh, he's not scared, he'll compete, he fights right to the end. We needed him to adjust his composure some when things didn't go well. Quarterbacks have to have short-term memories, okay? It is what it is. Some, most of the time things go well, sometimes things don't go well. You gotta get over it really quick and you have to be composed. And he's much better this year than he was last year at this And time. we mentioned one more quick little note from Mike Gundy. The injury list is, is, is a growing 
from Oklahoma State. Colby Harvey Peel, their standout safety, hasn't played since the first half of the Texas game, didn't travel to Manhattan. You know, we brought up Chuba Hubbard and L.D. Brown and their injury situations. handful of offensive linemen have been out. Mike Gundy went a little in-depth on the injury situation. Well, we're hoping to get those guys out here in the, uh, in the latter part of the week. Um, I mean, I think everybody knows now. It's pretty much gotten out there. There are no secrets. We were, a, I mean, uh, we, we limped our way through Kansas State. I'll be real honest with you. I had real concerns about uh, what direction we were going to go in that game. Uh, fortunately, we got really good play in special teams and defense. And offensively, we just haven't had very many guys that are practicing. And so um, I'm hoping that we'll have the majority of these guys back. It's when, when they have this, this, the type of injuries they have, it's hard to tell um, whether they'll be there today or whether they'll be there Friday. So hopefully we'll get some of these guys healthy and give us a chance to play. So there is, I guess, a nice little snapshot of the Oklahoma defense and Alex Grinch and Nick Benito versus the Oklahoma State offense and the struggles to get, you know, Spencer Sanders calm, cool, and collected, and then in that, being as healthy as they can. Meanwhile, on the offensive side of the football, the Sooners have been rolling. I, I guess I didn't even realize this till I looked at the number. Oklahoma is currently ninth in the country in passing offense and averaging 46 points per game, fifth in the country. In scoring offense, I had a chance to catch up with Jeremiah Hall, the uh, the secret weapon, if you will, in advance of uh, Bedlam on Saturday. Hi, guys. Jeremiah Hall joins us. Jeremiah, you've said it a lot, best HVAC room in the country. Just in general, where have you seen the biggest gro- uh, growth in this group over the last couple of weeks? Uh, just our effectiveness on the field. You know, specifically, you see a lot of us on the field more often. So we're in 12 personnel. That's what we call it when two of us are on the field. Lately, it's been me and Stog. You see a lot more production. So in the run game, I think that's always been there for the most part. But a lot more in the passing game here lately, especially with the addition of Stog. You know, like I said before, we call him Big Stog. Bill, <laughs> six seven guy. Great hands. Um, me, you, and him, that's where I've seen it the most. So definitely the passing game. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fun to see everyone, including yourself, continue to evolve and really immerse yourself in this offense. Jeremiah, it was funny. I, was, I saw you and Coach Beamer talking during the, the game against Kansas and something along the lines of, hey, we're going to get that for a touchdown next time. Do you not draw up a play that you think isn't going to end up in the end zone? In other words, is every play that you guys designed for that H-back in the passing game you feel like it's going to hit Pater? Uh, yeah, something like that. Definitely. We do talk about it, and um, I do get excited for more for our calls a little bit more than some others, you know. <laughs> but with that in mind, it's got to be refreshing to be in an offense that does specialize in using your guys and utilizing your skills in a very unique way because it's a matchup nightmare for other teams, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. That's why I tell people all the time that's the reason I came here. I came here to play in Coach Riley's offense and to line up against mismatches. That's the whole point of being age back, being able to do it all and living rent-free in other people's minds, like I said before. So I've definitely enjoyed the uh, multiple tasks that we've been assigned. All right, let's talk a little bit about this team. You had a bye week. All right. uh, it's unique bye weeks because you can't go home. With, with COVID, it's much different. How did you personally handle this bye week, Jeremiah? Uh, mostly just getting my body ready. You know, you got to take advantage of the time you're given. You know, you can't look at a bye week and say, okay, my body's automatically going to heal just because I have time. No, you actually have to put into work, put in the work to make sure it heals. And that's where I spend most of my time. 
So for you, is that extra time in the weight room? Is it maybe more cardio? What does that look like for you? Uh, really, it's more time focusing on small things such as like uh, ankle strength. Um, uh, I had a previous injury to my neck, making sure that's all good and just any small nicks and bruises that I can handle. Kind of like fine-tuning before the check engine right. comes on, right? Exactly. Like a little that. bit of an oil change. <laughs> a little bit of an oil change. Hey, two more quick ones before I let you go. It's Bedlam this weekend. It means a lot. But Oklahoma State looks like they have a pretty solid defense. What have you seen from the Cowboys in advance of this matchup on Saturday night? Uh, yeah, they're definitely a great defense this year. Um, I think top two, top three in the conference right now. Those boys fly around. Uh, they know what they're doing. They're sound. And... Um, We'll be ready for him this weekend. And then finally, I mean, you're a college football fan, right? You right. watch games regardless. Does it add a little juice when you've got game day coming to town for a game for the first time since you've been here in Norman? You know, just a little bit. Just a little bit. I'm excited. I know the fans are excited, and we are too. Jim, uh, good to have you back, man. Have a great week counting down to Bedlam, and we'll talk to you again soon, man. Good Thank luck. you, sir. Appreciate it. It'll be fun. I can't wait. I know you can't either. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Bedlam under the lights. First primetime meeting in Norman. How about that? First time ever these two teams have played under the lights in Norman. Now, there's been some games that have finished under the lights, but this is the first true primetime kickoff in Norman. We'll be on the air on the Sooner Radio Network with a 4.30 pregame show, 6.30 kick. And remember, protocols in place to do everything we can to keep it safe inside Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. So mask up. Maintain your social distancing uh, and and enjoy Bedlam on Saturday. Let's enjoy the Huddle Reloaded with Toby and Ted to take us home on a Thursday. It is time to talk Sooner football for the next two hours. We're talking Bedlam preview as we get you set for OU OSU in prime time Saturday night on Owen Field. In the next hour, the head coach Lincoln Riley will be alongside. This is the Lincoln Riley pregame show. We affectionately refer to it as the huddle. And please help me welcome right now the Butkus and Bednarik Award winner and my outstanding radio partner on the Sooner Radio Network. He's Teddy Lehman, everybody. T Row, how are we doing, sir? I'm good. I miss you. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to lie. On the bye weeks, I miss you. Really? Yep. Uh, if we go on having this many bye weeks in a football season, I'm going to have to come over to your house on bye weeks and watch football with you. Uh, I'll cook. I'll make some chili. Whatever the uh, the occasion calls for, we'll watch some football. We'll watch some Masters. Hopefully we never have to watch uh, the Masters again in November, but it was great while it was here. It was great until uh, Sunday. And I thought it was a little bit boring on Sunday. Yeah, it kind of was. Yeah. It Tiger and Abraham both fell out of contention. And after Boy, that, that number 12 for Tiger out. was not boring. That looked like you. <laughs> I did. played with you. It looked it, like me. It did. We're going to talk football, though, I promise. Not golf all day today. Opening segment is always brought to you by Noble McIntyre. McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all of your personal injury needs. We got Bedlam coming up 6.30 p.m. Saturday night. It is a big one. Implications coming out your ears, including the race for the Big 12 championship. Teddy, we've been looking forward to this for a long time now. Here we go, right? I mean, we've been talking about this since, you know, Chuba Hubbard announced that he was coming back and, you know, sent excitement through Oklahoma State's fan base with he and Tylen Wallace back together. You got Spencer Sanders coming back. Going to have a healthy run at it. And a defense totally full of really good, experienced players. So, yeah, this is one that we've been talking about, gosh, since since early this year. And in the last decade, when they play in Norman, hang on to your hats. Right. 
It's been a lot of fun. Let's take a look back. Starting back in 2012, you guys remember this one well. We go into overtime. Oklahoma State settles for a field goal. They lead it by three. And Brennan Clay with the game winner. That was crazy. I mean, the, the excitement that night uh, was just wild. Uh, we had like a mini storming the field session <laughs> a little bit there. It was a lot of fun watching that game kind of unfold. And you're right, man. You look at the home games. They've been back and forth. They've been tight. And uh, this one here was uh, an instant classic for sure. 51-48 Sooners won it in 2012. 2014, cover your eyes, folks. If you're a Sooner fan, another thriller. Oh, the boy. Sooners punt to Tyreek Hill. Who oh. catches it at the eight-yard line. And, oh, as I, my friend Dave Hunziker calls him, the cheetah is loose. I don't think you're going to catch him. Uh, unbelievable. What a play there. Looked like we had it in the bag. And then off he goes. Punt coverage. You can never let up. And uh, he makes you pay. That sent us to extra time again. And the Cowboys would come out on top this time. 38 to 35. Then in 2016, the Oklahoma running game, Bob Stoops' rushing attack had it in high gear in this one, leading late 38-20. They go on, what was it, an eight-minute drive? Eight minutes and 38 seconds or 28 seconds, I believe, unbelievable in the fourth quarter. Basically eliminate the whole fourth quarter and then P. Ryan shuts it, it down at the one in the ultimate I guess uh, slap in the face, maybe to Neil as you're walking in the end zone. Unbelievable, uh, memorable moment there by P. Ryan. The knee heard round the world. 38-20, the Sooners win it in 2016. Last time Bedlam was in Norman, 2018, and it might have been the best of all of them. It goes to a two-point conversion, and the throw is low. Knocked down, and the Sooners win by the hairs of their chinny-chin-chins, 48-47. Amazing to see them go for two. You felt like, felt like they had to do it and wanted to take that momentum. Minute left in the football game. Taylor Cornelius had played one heck of a game that night and just needed one right there. And You know, you say a lot about that, that 18 team uh, in their defense, but they got the stops they needed to Amazing. down the stretch. Amazing how many times like that in 2018 they pulled it off so they're playing in norman it's bedlam it's in the 20 teens there's no reason to believe this isn't <laughs> going to be a hang on to your wig kind of a night uh here's a look at the series history through the years between these two teams you of course know the sooners have had the better of it 89 18 and 7. teddy look at that game in 1904 the very first ever bedlam meeting was played in guthrie and the sooners won 75 to nothing Ouch, that's a painful day, 75-0. Uh, I wonder what that surface was like in Guthrie there in uh, – Artificial turf. A lot of people don't know that. They played on AstroTurf in that one. Uh, I, I brought up with Chad earlier today, I wonder if in 1905 they implemented a running clock after maybe. what happened in uh, like, 1904. Maybe we should back out of this series <laughs> now while we still can. We should have on the, uh, I don't know, 125th anniversary, what would that be, 2029? We should go play in Guthrie again. Have Bedlam at uh, – they've got a historic oh, yeah. stadium. Is it Jelsma? Is that what it is? 
Stadium, right? In Guthrie? That would be fun. You think yeah. that we can get Lincoln I, to I'm agree to that? I'm down for it. Once every 125 years, we play it in Guthrie. Good idea. All right. Uh, it's time for Teddy's player to watch in this game. Who's your player to watch in Bedlam? Well, uh, no surprise, but it's Spencer Rattler. And I, I think that, you know, we feel good about Rattler's development and where he's gone. It was kind of shaky early on. We saw the huge flash plays and what he's capable of both, you know, running the football and, and winging it downfield. Just the highlight plays were unbelievable, but so were some of the bad plays, some of the turnovers. And you feel like he's really moved past a lot of that. Did have the one turnover against Kansas, but you feel like he's, he's grown quite a bit as a quarterback. Now, was that the opponent? As we played, who probably the three, uh, three of the bottom four of the Big 12, and then you're going back to a top defense in Oklahoma State. We're going to find out if he's really grown quite a bit, put the turnovers behind him, or it's just kind of the lack of, of uh, talent on the other teams that's afforded him the ability to, to make some easy throws, rely on the running game. He's going to be put to the test. He's going to be under pressure, and he's going to have to make some tough throws in some critical situations. And does he take what the defense gives him, or does he try and force it like we saw early in the season? I think Rattler uh, is going to be critical in this football game. I like it. You've boldly predicted that the quarterback will have a pivotal part <laughs> in Saturday night's outcome. I'm going to go a little more off the radar mm -hmm. for this one. I'm going to take Jeremiah Hall. The bullfrog. The fullback. Okay. Yeah, and here's why. If you think back to when Oklahoma in recent years, especially in the Lincoln-Riley era, has played some of the best defenses they've come up against, the fullbacks have factored heavily into the game plan. H-backs, as we like to call it. Think of those two Baylor games last year. Baylor had an outstanding defense. Jeremiah Hall heavily involved there. You think back when OU went to Ohio State up in Columbus, they ran several plays. I think it's the secret weapon that even the best defenses can't always account for the fullback. They're worrying about Mims. They're worrying about Weiss. They're worrying about Stogner. They're worrying about Stevenson. They're worrying about your boy, Spencer Rattler. He's the guy you can't game plan for. I'm not saying he's going for 100 yards. I'm not saying he's going to have the biggest stats. You're just saying he's the player to watch. There'll be a pivotal point in this game when Jeremiah Hall will make a play, and you'll look at me in the press box and go, wow, well, good hey, call by you. I, I'll, I say that pretty much every week anyways. Almost every week, yeah. But I, I, think, that's, I think that's a good call. You know, I, I do feel like this game is going to be a low-scoring football game, lower than we're used to. Um, and I feel like there are going to be moments, whether it's down on the goal line or it's maybe out in the, the middle of the field area where you've got to go for it on fourth down, where they pull a surprise play action, uh, maybe throw back to Hall or get him in the flat like we've seen down on the goal line there as they played that Texas Tech highlight. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, in a tight football game where yards and points are incredibly difficult to come by, yeah, I, I do think you can lean on those H-backs for some tough conversions. Hey, this year's Lawyers Fighting Against Hunger Annual Day of Kindness Turkey Drive presented by Noble McIntyre. McIntyre Law will be Friday, November 20th. Download the McIntyre Law app and click the turkey icon to pre-register for the event and reserve your turkey today. All right, we are just underway. A lot more coverage coming up in a couple of segments. We're going to break down this OSU team on offense and defense, but we're going to continue to look back 
when we come back. And we'll hear what Lincoln Riley had to say about trying to defend the offensive weapons of Oklahoma State. You're watching The Huddle, brought to you by Bud Light. The Phillips 66 Bedlam Series is brought to you in part by Academy Sports and Outdoors, Homeland, Oklahoma Blood Institute, Anheuser-Busch, and Phillips 66. Live to the full. The Huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Kincaid Coach, the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, a fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Anheuser-Busch, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Welcome back, everybody, to Rudy's. Toby and Teddy back with you. Lincoln Riley coming up in the next hour. Hey, how would you like to be able to listen to Teddy and the rest of the Sooner Radio broadcast while synced up to your TV in the comfort of your own home? You can't. Go to SyncMyGame.com to find out how thousands are doing it across the country. It's the hottest trend. Millions. Millions are doing it now. It's been updated. All right. Um, we, usually we have the drive of the game at this point, but we wanted to do something a little different this week. Coming off the bye week, and our producer, uh, Kurt, had a great idea. He said, how about you look back at some of your favorite moments or drives in recent Bedlam history Drive presented by Pike Pass, the fastest, safest, most efficient way to travel Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. Hey, Sooners, don't get past, get Pike Pass. So what is one of your recent favorite Bedlam moments or drives, Teddy? Well, we played it in that highlight reel. It was Samaje Pirine's nil down at the end of that football game. And what's amazing this about it. This is an eight-minute drive, so settle yeah, in, folks. This could eight, take a while. Eight minutes and 20. Look, they took over the ball <laughs> in the fourth quarter with 8.28 to go, yeah. nursing a 38-20 to 20 lead. They run 13 plays. 12 of them are runs. There's only one pass, and it's this third down conversion here to Jordan Smallwood. But the ability late in a game to be able to just run it for four yards. That's for it. Five That's the yards. last pass. That's the last pass. Right. Uh, seven minutes left in the Seven game. minutes left, and they just uh, run the clock. He's saying, I wonder if they're going to give it to P. Ryan again. Yeah, and they're, they're sitting there talking about their, the next drive and how they've got to score, but it goes to P. Ryan. It goes to P. Ryan again. It goes to P. Ryan again, all the way down the field. And you love this. As a defense, when you're sitting there watching your, your offensive line go to work, you're watching that big physical running back in Samaj P. Ryan go to work. You absolutely love it. And I, I will say to tie it into this year's game, I think we've got a little more of this with Ramondre Stevenson now in the backfield, just yeah. a little bigger, a little more physical here late in a game whenever that 245-pound frame really starts to wear the drive on so you. so long we ran out of music. we got to restart the music, Fed. <laughs> and there's like the longest run of the drive, probably like 10 yards. But isn't this the greatest thing ever? The clock ever? is melting away. It's just amazing. And, and they've got timeouts in there that they've got to use. They've still got two timeout, timeouts Look left. At that. 
and it's getting now to three minutes. And here they are down in the deep red zone. There's oh. two minutes left. Still There's have their here. two they timeouts. They get the stop, you know. Right. I guess it's an 18-point game. There's not a lot of hope. But they forced a fourth down here at least. Right. Fourth and one. Everyone in the world knows what's coming. It's coming to Piran. Oh, and then he shuts <laughs> it down on the one. Whenever he could have gone in. It's, a good it's one. the ultimate move. I love that from Samaje. That's, that's a good one. I like your drive. I like your bedlam memory. I'm going to go to one with a little more uh, excitement in it. Not that that isn't exciting. Right. We're going to throw the ball around a little more. 2013, who can forget this one? Amazing. Oklahoma, an underdog in this game, and they're down to their third-string quarterback. Remember, Trevor Knight started this yeah. game. Then they went to Kendall Thompson for a while. Blake Bell was on the bench, all forgotten about, and he's called on to try to win Bedlam. They take over after the Cowboys score, down four. They have to have throw. a touchdown. Sterling Shepard over the middle, just over a minute to go. Bell again, this time it's knocked down. Jalen Saunders, the intended receiver, flag on the play. That'll give him another first down. Then the Cowboys, Teddy, you remember, had a chance to end it. Right. Bell takes an ill-advised shot, and it's intercepted, but it's broken up. Incomplete, they say. Ooh. And we had one that they, like a tough turnover that they gave us, right? Like another interception that was in this football game. Oh, it's just right there. If Justin Gilbert hangs on, it's over, but it just squeezes out at the last second. New life for Blake Bell. He takes a shot at the end zone. Incomplete out the back. Everybody's hearts pounding out of their chest. 49 seconds left. Sooners with only one timeout. He throws late. Was he across the line, Teddy? No, he was not across the line. I don't know. We're not going to give it to him. All you got to have is any body part back behind it. I think he was good. Shot at the end zone. Incomplete. Clock's down to 31 seconds. Pistol Pete's nervous over there. It's a freezing day, too, by the way. I mean, that's the thing. As a third-string quarterback, it's one thing to come off the bench in a normal game, but whenever it's like 15 degrees outside, that's that's really difficult. Blake Bell, first and goal, corner pattern, touchdown. Jalen wow. Saunders. What a drive by the third-string quarterback on the road as an underdog. Amazing. And here come the turkey Look legs Bob. in anger. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the Youngstown strut going. I'll tell you what, the play of that drive is your wide receiver, D.D. Westbrook, not giving up on that underthrown ball yeah. and fighting and scrapping all the way to the ground to jar it loose from that defensive back. Sewers actually added another touchdown after that on the uh, turnover. One at 33-24. So both teams go into this one ranked. Cowboys 14, Sooners 18. That is not new. It has happened a lot in the 2000s. There you see them all right there. OU has had the better of it. 10-1 and one when both teams are ranked. This is one of only, is it three or four occasions when the Cowboys have been the higher ranked team. 2013, OSU was higher ranked. 2011, the game OSU won. They were the higher ranked team. And 2010, OSU was also the higher ranked team. Cowboys come into Saturday, the higher-ranked team in this one. 
Um, earlier today, Lincoln Riley met with the media, as he does every Tuesday of game week, and he was asked about how the Sooners will try to deal with that outstanding offensive talent of Oklahoma State. Oh, it's going to be a challenge. I mean, you know, because he can – you can stop him five times in a row and then, then you know, with this speed and, and, and combination of speed and power, he can pop one and, and – you know, make you forget about those five or six stops pretty quick. So, no, he's he's a he's a tremendous player. He's got a great feel for for the run game. You know, great patience, and then and then just kind of knows when to go, and has a, a real gift for separating from people, um, and and is incredibly consistent. So, um, no, he's a he's he's a big time challenge for us. I mean, we have played well there, but you know, this guy's you know this guy's as good as anybody you'll play in college football. It's a big-time test, Teddy. No, it is. Uh, and, you know, it's not just Chuba Hubbard. It's both he and L.D. Brown. Yeah. You know, that duo was fantastic. And statistically, I think L.D. Brown's even a little bit better right now, which, I, you know, I think we'd all agree that Chuba Hubbard's the more explosive back and can hit the home run at any time. And that's really what you worry about is one guy getting out of a gap and instead of it being a first down play, you're worried about it turning into a 40, 50, 60-yard touchdown run because of that speed once he gets out into the open field. So it's definitely something to worry about. You know, they've had a hard time getting that that running game really going and the fluidity there that, that we saw in years past. Uh, don't know what it is that their offensive line struggled a little bit, but it seems like they've gotten back, gotten a little bit healthier. And Spencer Sanders, it's taken him a little bit of time. You know, we, we saw a lot of teams early – you know, whenever we came back, we weren't sure what type of the training camp they had, how many guys had been in and out of practice because of uh, virus issues. It's just taken him a long time to really find his rhythm. And I think a bye week for them, both yeah. injury-wise and trying to get some of that confidence and momentum back with their offense, probably served them really well. Well, we're going to do a deeper dive on OSU on both sides of the ball coming up in the next segment. Later in the show, our picks for this week as well. You're watching the huddle. We'll step aside for a short time, right? Time out. Back after this. Brought to you by Bud Light. The huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Anheuser Busch. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. Riverwind, still the one. Welcome back to the huddle. Bedlam coming up. Prime time. ESPN College Game Day will be in town on Saturday. Kickoff at 6.30 between the Sooners and the Cowboys. And uh, let's uh, learn a little more about Oklahoma State. We go behind enemy lines now. Brought to you by Riverwind. Riverwind, still the one. Saw some Chuba Hubbard highlights in the last segment, but when you talk about the Oklahoma State offense, you got to start with the quarterback. They've got a Spencer of their own. Spencer Sanders, as you mentioned, tremendously athletic. Teddy, he's got a big arm. He's had a hard time not throwing it to the wrong team or coughing it up so far this year. You mentioned a little bit like Spencer Rattler early in the year. You wonder when he's going to hit his stride, but there is no doubt he is talented. He is talented, and, you know, it, it, it's fascinating to me. You know, the athletic ability is there. 
And I feel like some quarterbacks have a hard time getting rid of the athletic ability in their mind. You know, when you're in high school, you always feel like, well, I can pull it down and run for the first down. Or I can definitely fit it into that window. That defensive back's not going to make that play. It changes as you go up in levels. And I feel I still I, I, I feel like he's still trying to rely on that that athleticism out there. And it just it, it doesn't doesn't go over very well for him. And the learning curve for him has been extraordinarily long. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting for the play to turn into to what he's been uh, hoped or built to be. You know, you see moments of uh, fantastic play followed by long droughts of, you know, um, inaccurate throws, poor decision-making, bad reads, a carelessness with the football. And he just hasn't found a good rhythm. And you wonder if he's going to find it now. It's, it's kind of hard in the middle of a season as choppy as this year has been. But, you know, he only got that one series against Tulsa. So, you know, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see where he's at. You feel like he's totally healthy, but he just, for whatever reason, has not found that uh, that stride. Well, there's a guy right there that can help him find that rhythm. Yeah. Tylen Wallace, um, one of the best playmakers in the country at the wide receiver position. The Sooners have had their hands full with this guy for a few years now. Well, what he's best at is going up and getting those 50-50 balls. You know, you go back to... 2018 with Taylor Cornelius and that's whenever Tylen Wallace had his massive season they just ripped the ball down the sideline to him over and over and over and let him go up and make plays and you don't see near as much of that in this offense with Tylen Wallace anymore and that's really what worries you the most yeah. about this team is if they do refine that that explosiveness really starts with Tylen Wallace you kind of got to expect it even though you haven't seen it as much this year you got to plan for it and expect that he's going to be a major part of their game plan. Don't you think? Yeah. And here's the other thing. I know it's a deep ball and you think that, well, it's a deep pass. You've got to protect longer in order to throw those shots. It's actually not true. It's kind of the opposite. It's not a long developing route. Uh, The quarterback catches it, takes a little crow hop and rips it down the sideline, puts some air under it and lets his guy go run underneath it. And, I think that would help them considering they've had some protection issues and some offensive line issues yeah. uh, just to throw some of those deep shots and kind of loosen up the secondary a little bit to help that running game as well for Chuba. Good way to protect against the OU pass rush as well. Dylan Stoner makes plays for them in the wide receiving sure. core as well. And they've got a cowboy back, which is what they call their H-backs or tight ends, who goes uh, 6'7", 275 which is bit bigger than Austin Stogner. So. Well, we've seen matchup issues whenever people go yeah. with those larger tight ends and put them in the slot against our nickels. Uh, that's been a problem for us. Uh, Iowa State exploited that. Texas went to it a little bit. Uh, so teams will like to do that. It's just a, 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 a question whether or not Oklahoma State's going to fit that into their game plan. Jelani Woods, by the way, is that cowboy back. But the story for OSU this year has been their defense. Right. They've been outstanding. They will take it away. They'll hit you hard. They have made big plays at big moments like they did against Kansas State. And I think they're legit, Teddy. We're going to see some highlights of Eamon Ogbong-Bamiga here, but it's more than him. they got a bunch of guys that can go. Yeah, they've got tons of really good players. 
and really good experience all over that defense. Uh, Ogbong Bamiga up front, 11, uh, Bundage, Trace Ford, really good players. Malcolm Rodriguez there at the second level at linebacker is a really good player. And on the back end, they've got a couple of really good safeties. So uh, just excellent talent and excellent experience. You know, a lot of times people say, well, they've got X amount of starters coming back and you just... Are they any good, though? You know, that's the, that's the question. These guys are good, and they've got a lot of snaps, a lot of games under their belt. They understand the framework of this defense, and there's some really, really good athletic talent there to go with it. So it's a dangerous group that's just not giving up points, not giving up yards this year. One of those talented safeties, Colby Harvell Peel, bit of a question mark going into this game. He did not play against Kansas State. There's the game-turning play against the Cowboys. I mean, it took a one-point lead to eight, and they ended up winning it because of that defensive touchdown. But that's pretty indicative of what Oklahoma State's been able to do this year. I think in general, Teddy, when you say Bedlam, in recent years, you think shootout. Sure. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are getting together. Make sure you got the uh, light bulbs up to date in the scoreboard because this is going to be a track meet. That doesn't feel like the case this year. It feels like Oklahoma State's got a defense and Oklahoma's got a defense. And good old-fashioned field position may factor into this one. Well, I agree 100%. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt that both teams have improved massively on the defensive side of the ball. But I think there's another factor in there. I think this game lends itself to conservative offensive play calling. Um, you know, Spencer Sanders, we've talked about him with Oklahoma State. He's turning the football over way too much for them. How do you protect against that as an offensive coordinator? You keep it on the ground. Uh, you throw quick game. You throw the bubbles, the tunnels. You make easy completions, easy decisions for him. You look at Oklahoma. You've got Spencer Rattler. Uh, he's been better lately, but in their toughest matchups, their biggest games, he's been loose with the football as well. You want to protect that. You want to lean on your running game, do the same thing for him, take some of those tough decisions out of his hands, conservative play calling on both sides and let those defenses go at it. And, you know, and we've seen this in this series that whenever you've got a tight football game and it's, it's tough to come by yards and points, special teams can be the deciding yeah. factor. That, that game that, that you had, the favorite Bedlam moment, we had a fake field goal in that one yeah. for a touchdown. Uh, Jalen Saunders the, made some huge plays right? in uh, Bedlam. And we, Tyreek Hill, We played obviously. the Tyreek Hill play. So uh, if the game is going to be that tight where offensively, defensively, it's just a grinder, look to the, who wins the special teams is maybe the deciding play. All right, so get ready, folks. What we're saying is 63-56, I think, is what we're <laughs> right. headed for exactly. probably on Saturday night. And we do know the mullet will be on the sidelines. Mike Gundy still getting it done up at Oklahoma State. 16th season, Teddy. Mike Gundy's been up there. Well, he's done a great job. He's the perfect coach for them. Uh, you know, it's going to they're never going to recruit better than Oklahoma. They're never going to re recruit better than Texas. But once every three, four, five years, whenever you have some good classes and some good talent, it all lines up to where you can make a serious run. And they've done that a couple of different times. They've come up short here recently. But here again, they've accumulated a really good group of talent. Uh, if they can put it all together, they've got a chance to go win a Big 12 championship. Just three games to go in the regular season for OU, and the race is tight. We'll take a look at the Big 12 when we come back. You're watching The Huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Back after this.
We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. OU's football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics exclusively. Welcome back, everybody, to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. We're right here on Highway 9 in Norman. Chautauqua goes out. If you ever want to come out and watch and be a part of the show, Feel free. Come on down. It's time to talk some Big 12 football presented by Kincaid, coach, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. There were only two games last weekend, Teddy, for us to watch on the bye weekend for OU. First of the day was up in Morgantown where West Virginia is just about twice as good of a team at home as they are on the road. Yeah, they can get it done at home. They've struggled on the road. But this is a squad that I feel like gets better and better and better every week. Their defense is is playing really good, led by that defensive line. Offensively, great running uh, running game in L.D. Brown, or excuse me, Letty Brown. And uh, Jared Dagey's played well for them, too. Quietly, he's amassed some really big games for them. And, you know, they just play good all-around football. Only giving up six points to TCU. That's, a, that's just a good, solid, complete game from them. Now, Letty Brown, 156 rushing yards. The running game hasn't always been there every week. It's been a little hit and miss depending on the opponent. But it seems like at home, they get on that fast turf in Morgantown. And Letty Brown likes that. Worth keeping in mind, we'll be there in a week and a half, folks. That game time, OU West Virginia, not yet known. Uh, TV put a six-day hold on that, so we won't know when the Sooners and Mountaineers will kick off until next Monday. But West Virginia won this game handily, 24-6. Yeah, to six. They did, and, you know, it's it, it's the best turnaround of, this, of the year for anyone in the Big 12. This is a team that was really bad last year. Worst uh, rushing team in the entire conference, and now they're one of the best, maybe the best. Uh, that's an amazing turnaround. Neil, great job that Neil Brown's done for them. Baylor and Texas Tech out in Lubbock. And uh, the Red Raiders are going to win this by a point, 24 to 23, but kind of had to come from behind to do so. Yeah, crazy football game. Uh, and just like most of what we've seen this year, it's going to come down to one or two plays and uh, be a one or two point game there at the end. This conference has been incredibly tight, both at the kind of the top tier. The games have been really close in the lower tier games have been really close. I'll tell you what's funny about this game. If I would have told you two or three years ago that Texas Tech and Baylor was 24-23, you would have said, great, when's the second quarter start? <laughs> That's right. right. And, and, and the Big 12 is different this I know. year. And I think it's obviously, I think everyone has gotten way better at defense. And offensively, you know, there's a there's a philosophical change in this conference. We've gone away from, you know, the Art Brile system is gone. Dana Holgerson gone. 
you know, a lot of these offensive minded coaches aren't here anymore. And it's a more total football type of philosophy that we've seen. I mean, it's it's really changed. And I don't know. I think it's it's a different conference, but I still think it's an incredibly entertaining conference. So 24-23, the final. Here's the game winner here with two seconds left. And the Red Raiders get the win. That updates our standings in the Big 12. And they look like this in uh, conference play. I think we got the overall in the conference backwards there. But uh, over conference play, Iowa State 5-1. and one, Cowboys at 4-1. and one. Then you see the Sooners, Texas, and Kansas State. All of those teams still in the hunt. I don't think mathematically West Virginia has been eliminated, but it's going to take a really strange series of events for them to get there. A lot could be decided by the time Oklahoma kicks off Saturday night. Not decided, but we will know some things as we take a look at the schedule coming up this week because Kansas State goes to Iowa State. They call that Farmageddon. They're going to kick off at 3 o'clock on Fox Iowa State's favorite. If Iowa State wins that game, then Oklahoma controls its own destiny from there on out for the Big 12 championship game. Meaning if OU won the rest of their games, they would be in. That's already the case for Oklahoma State. But if you're a Sooner fan, you're also an Iowa State fan on Saturday. Come Saturday night after our game's over, we're going to have a really good idea whether or not we're going to be in the Big 12 championship or not. Now, obviously, there's going to be work to be done. Uh, That game against West Virginia on the road, as we just pointed out, looks way different now than it did back in in August whenever we were kind of projecting what West Virginia was going to be from a year ago. Uh, That's definitely going to be a more difficult game. But... Yeah, Saturday night, we're going to have a really good idea what's going to be going down in the Big 12 championship. Meanwhile, a whole bunch of games got canceled or postponed because of uh, COVID and contact tracing on Saturday. We were left with some national games of intrigue, maybe the most so the Battle of the Gold Domes up at Chestnut Hill. Notre Dame coming off that big win over Clemson had to go on the road and take on a pretty good Boston College team. The Eagles hung around for a while early, but Teddy, I'm – I'm impressed with Notre Dame. They win this game 45-31, and I think they're a legitimate contender. I agree. I think Ian Book is is starting to really find his groove. He's playing better and better. Starting to look like one of the better quarterbacks in in college football. Uh, And this team is really loaded in talent. They're physical, as you see right here. Eye formation. They can run it at you. They've got a great offensive line. Uh, And defensively, they've got some really good talent out there as well. And skill position-wise, they're not spectacular at skill position, but they've got some big, nice, young talent, uh, tight ends. They've got several different big, big players that can go up and make plays. So I like Notre Dame. You know, their schedule the rest of the way out looks pretty good for them. I do believe they go to North Carolina. That's a team that can score a lot of points. And that may be a place they they run into some problems, but and an ACC championship. Yeah, there's a good chance that they win out at least until they get to the ACC championship and see what happens there. Pac-12 is underway. It's been back-to-back heart stoppers for USC. Uh, got a miracle win against Arizona State in Week One on that onside kick. They had to do it again. Not quite as dramatic this week against Arizona, but it was a comeback late. USC's two and zero. They win 34-30. Yeah, they're just staying alive out there. And I think the Pac-12 is going through what we've kind of seen everyone go through this year. It's a weird start to the season. 
teams just aren't coming out of the gate in the in the condition and uh, you know just it's not a seamless transition to playing football live uh, action football teams have struggled out of the gate we've seen that with the Pac-12 it's been some ugly football but it does make for some really exciting football games and we've seen that in most of the conferences throughout college football there's the touchdown, and USC goes on top. They'd have to do it again. They win at 34-30. How about the Tulsa Golden Hurricane? Amazing. Into the top 25 for the first time in a decade. Talk about comebacks. They were way back to SMU and rallied to win at 28-24. I'll tell you, you know, going down, what, 21-0 to SMU, that's not <laughs> – SMU is like one of the best offenses in all of college football. Bouchelle's had a great career there. He's been fantastic. He's like number two or three, maybe number one, actually, in uh, throwing the football yards passing. So to be able to come back on an offense that's that good, that dynamic, really says a lot about your football team. Good overall team balance from Tulsa. Uh, great play. The the um, Oh, gosh, why am I trying to blank on the defensive player? fantastic player for them uh, from Hominy and he's playing really good gets the interception late to ice the thing this is fantastic to see Tulsa I believe Toby that Oklahoma is the only state to have three teams in the top 25 how about us huh you like that how Pretty about impressive. us state of Oklahoma Pretty take impressive. that the other 49 <laughs> we're the best Tulsa wins at 28 24 should have beat Oklahoma State uh yeah well I mean they had a chance they had a beat they had a chance so here's your shuffled. Wait, let's see the game-winning touchdown. Get it! Yeah, there he is. Here's your upset, uh, updated top 25. This is the coaches' poll. Sooners up to 17 this week. They're 18 in the AP. Top five: Bama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson, and Florida. We got it to go down to 14 to find Oklahoma State to find the first Big 12 team. Cyclones at 16. Texas sneaks in at 23. And I, I mean, up up at the top, that top five is going to be pretty locked in, I think, for, for quite some time here down the stretch. Hmm. Uh, I don't see much change. It's like think, you might be giving away a, a pick next second. Well, I just think Alabama is in good spot. We talked about Notre Dame, Ohio State. Uh, they do have an interesting one coming up this weekend, which will be a lot of fun. But uh, Texas A&M, look at them sitting there at number six mm -hmm. with a chance to kind of ride the coattails of Alabama possibly into the college football playoff. Hey, Florida and Texas A&M are both really good. legit. Yep, I so, agree. So uh, this will be interesting. All right, you ready to make some picks when we come back? Ready or not, here we go. That's exactly right. Commercial break, pick segment when we come back. Lincoln Riley right around the corner. Stay with us. You're watching The Huddle. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Health, Anheuser-Busch, and the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Coca-Cola, and OU Health. All right, welcome back. Final segment of the huddle before the uh, Lincoln Riley Show coming up. OU OSU, Bedlam Saturday night, under the lights, first time ever. Bedlam has kicked off in prime time in Norman. That's hard to believe, isn't it? It is, especially, you know, I guess it's, you know, those those mid-afternoon kicks that end in darkness that you always yeah. feel like remembering back that they were night games. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, that's crazy to, to think about. 
All right, uh, let's see how we did on our picks last week. Teddy's got some ground to make up, and he did a little bit this week. He shaves one pick off of my lead. We both had West Virginia. We both owe Tulsa an apology. I won't pick against you again to you, I promise. Miami got it done barely. I I don't know what happened to me picking yeah, Michigan. Well, I that only was a made terrible up pick. One one pick on you. That was an atrocious pick by yeah, you going I, with Michigan. I, I, I honestly, you should get three points for that. That was terrible. <laughs> and we both had Notre Dame. So you can see at the bottom, the spread is five. Five pick Running advantage. Running out of time, too. Going into this week. Hey, you've got mm, three or four more shows. So you definitely can't afford to go back. So the first game this week, we are going to uh, – uh, a powerhouse game, Teddy, that I know you're going to be able to break down for us tremendously. Appalachian State and Coastal Carolina. Now, I've done a lot of looking into this one, mm-hmm. and I, here's what I'll say about it. I'll take Coastal Carolina. That's that's well, about all I've got. Well said. I mean, I like I, I've seen some of their games. I've, I've, I've watched some bits and pieces of them. They've got some good players defensively. What's and the nickname at Coastal Carolina? Chanticleers? Is that right? Yeah, I think you're Am I pronouncing that right? Chanticleers, I believe. They're like fighting roosters. Right. Uh, from fairy tale days. Sure. Which is kind of a cool thing to have, right? They're 7-0. App State is 6-1. and By all accounts, we're told this is going to be a heck of a football game. You'll take Coastal. I'll take Coastal as well. Mm. It's in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, a place that I've been before. So I'm going to take uh, Coastal Carolina in that one. Let's go to the SEC. LSU and Arkansas. How about this, Teddy? Before you pick, the point spread in this game, not that we care about that, has changed 45 points from a year ago. Last year, LSU was favored by 42. This year, Arkansas is favored by three. That's amazing. Uh, And it tells you a lot about both squads. Honestly, (laughs) uh, it really does. Arkansas, while uh, they lost to Florida last week, and I I don't think anyone, um, you know, had them to beat Florida, but thought they'd hang, it, hang in there a little bit closer. Florida's really impressive. That offense is is special. But I think Arkansas is going to get it done against LSU. I think they're going to bounce back. I mean, LSU right now, I, I don't know how locked in that football team is. We've, we've had more bad news come out about that program. There's a lot of distractions going on down there. I'll take Arkansas. I'm with you. I'll take the Razorbacks. LSU is a hot mess they can't play well on the field. It's a, a disaster off the field right now. Uh, woo pig suey for me. Big 10, Wisconsin, Northwestern. I'm going to go with Wisconsin here. I know it, it's so funny. Both to, undefeated, by the way. Right. It's funny to look at the Big 10 standings and see Indiana uh, ahead on one side and Northwestern yeah. <laughs> ahead on the other, both 4-0 and right now. It's in. Hey, they've, they've got good football teams, but I like Wisconsin. I like their defense. Uh, Mertz, the quarterback, uh, has done some really good things for them. Had that huge game against Illinois. They bounced back nicely after missing, you know, uh, a couple of games there and having coronavirus go through that football team. Uh, so I'll take Wisconsin. We played Northwestern in basketball two, three years ago up there. Had a chance to see Ryan Field right there in Evanston. It's a cool area. Very cool. North side of Chicago. Old school, right in the middle of a neighborhood. Awesome stadium. Wisconsin's going to win the football game, though. I uh, I doubted Wisconsin last week and was made the fool and won't do it again. Wisconsin's going to win. They look good. They do. Uh, Kansas State, Iowa State. This is the big one that precedes us in the Big Twelve. This is a this is a tough game to pick. You know, 
I would like to say I, I think Iowa State's the better football team, but their quarterback just, you know, is really holding them back, and I didn't think that was going to be the case. Uh, I think Iowa State wins it, but it would not be shocking at all if Kansas State went up there, played really well, and came out with a victory. I think that the, the thing to watch here is how good Iowa State's defense is and how kind of, you know, basic with Howard there at quarterback for, for Kansas State. Yeah. It's hard for them to really open it up, and I think that plays into Iowa State's favor. Great matchup between Brees Hall and Deuce Vaughn, two really fun running backs. This is the kind of game that Kansas State wins. When it looks like everything's going the other way, Iowa State's a double-digit advantage, I think Iowa State's going to win. I'm picking Iowa State, but I would not be stunned at all if Kansas State pulled it off. This is the kind of game they tend to win. Indiana at Ohio State, top 10 matchup, Hoosiers and Buckeyes. I'm going to take Ohio State here, but trust me, I want Indiana to win this thing really bad. And they're fun to watch. I love stories like this when a football team, uh, you know, wins some big games. And I know everyone's kind of looking at their schedule and saying, oh, well, they haven't beaten anyone. Penn State now is not any good. And and Michigan now not any good. That wasn't the case whenever they played them, you know. And I think that teams, as they lose football games, there's a little bit of throw in the towel, a little bit of quit, especially in this year with all that they've gone through. So I think Indiana's a, a good football team. But Ohio State, they just have too much talent. Go Hoosiers. I love Tom Allen. I'm all into this Indiana team in the locker rooms afterwards. They're a blast. Realistically, Ohio State's too good. Ohio State will win the game, but I'm rooting for Indiana. And you are guaranteed to not make up any ground in the picks contest. Well, I've got to at least change one then, right? No, you can't, I can't? do that. You know, you're locked in. Uh, hey, a reminder, big day tomorrow on the Sooner Sports Podcast. We'll kick things off with the audio version of Coach's Corner with Gabe and myself. We talked to Dennis Simmons and Brian Odom. And then early, or excuse me, immediately after that, you get an early listen to the scene setter presented by Landers Auto Group. Everyone have a great start to your weekend. And until tomorrow morning, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network.